the Experience Darden Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. On this episode of the podcast, I'm excited to share my recent conversation with Shannon McNabb. Shannon is a first-year student in our full-time MBA class of 2024, and she is also the section rep for Section C. I recently connected with Shannon to talk more about her MBA journey, what attracted her to serving as section rep for Section C, and so much more. I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. So without further ado, here is my interview with Shannon McNabb. Shannon, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Very happy to be here. Well, it's great to talk with you. First and foremost, how are things going? How's Q3? Yeah, things are going well. Um, It's been great being back on campus with everyone after winter break, um, getting kind of used to the new professors, new seating charts, a couple new subjects, but it's it's been a lot of fun. Um, Always busy, but always a great time. I didn't fully consider the impact of a new seating chart. What's that like from the student perspective? Yeah, interesting because in your section, you're with the same 68 people for the first three quarters of core, and it's all assigned seating for all those core classes. And so over the first quarter, you get very used to where you're sitting in the classroom. That kind of becomes your comfort zone on, okay, this is my view of the board. These are the people next to me that I, you know, chat with, or um, maybe I'm in a, like, in an aisle seat versus in the middle of a row. So like different logistics, Um, but you get really used to where you're seated seating in the classroom. Um, And then each quarter that switches. And so we had the first switch in Q2 and it's a little like discombobulating when you first walk into the room and you're like, oh, this is a totally different view. I'm not used to it, like new people that I'm sitting next to. Um, you, it takes a little while to get adjusted to your new seat, but it's also really cool because you get to know the people that are sitting right next to you um, better and better each quarter, so. Yeah, I have to believe that's one of the benefits of shuffling people around is you're not just yes. sitting next to the same few students. Mm-hmm. And so you get to meet a lot of different people. And of course, like the section dynamic, which we're gonna talk about here, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a pretty tight group already. Yes. Yes, definitely. Um, it also gives people the chance that if they were in the front row for the first quarter, maybe they get maybe they get back row duty, so aren't it as in the thick of it. So trying to shuffle around where people are at is, I think, a net positive. <laughs> I can imagine as a as a person who does have a preference for the back row. Yes, uh, it's nice to be sort of moved from the front row to the back row mm-hmm. a little bit further. Exactly. Exactly. In the classroom. <laughs> Well, Shannon, tell us a little bit more about you. Who are you and what's your background? What did you do before coming to Darden? Yeah, so I'm Shannon McNatt. I'm originally from Houston, Texas, born and raised. Um, And then I went out to Salt Lake City, Utah for my undergrad, where I majored in business and economics. So my business degree was like a business analytics degree called Cuomo, brand new degree. Very exciting (laughs) to be part of that. Um, but I also competed for the used gymnastics team. So it was a student athlete all the way through college. Um, incredible experience. <laughs> and then afterwards, I stayed in the Salt Lake area and went to work for Lucid Software. So it's kind of a cloud collaboration um, tech firm out in Salt Lake City, 
where I was doing strategy and analytics for them as part of a rotational program. So spent sort of a year on like customer facing side of like working with sales reps and customer success reps, then spent some time on product doing data analytics and strategy, and then finally on kind of the marketing and growth side of the house. So got to see lots of different sides of the business and it was, it was amazing. I loved it. Well, brief digression about gymnastics here. What was <laughs> what was your event? What were your events? Yeah. So growing up, I competed everything. So vault bars, beam and floor. When I got to college, uh, suddenly gymnastics becomes a team sport. <laughs> you go from, you know, it's all on you. It's an individual sport to a team of 12 and six people get to compete on each event every week. So the events that I competed in college were vault and beam. I still trained everything, but those are the two events that I actually competed in college. What was it like to shift from an individual to a team? And I always think about this with people like, for example, golf, you know, you play by yourself mm -hmm. mostly, and then all of a sudden you're you're on a team and you're being evaluated individually uh, in your mm -hmm. performance, but it affects the, the team. What was that? What was that shift like? Yeah, it, it's very interesting because you're right. While it is kind of forced to be a team sport in college, you're still only competing one at a time. So there's still that kind of individual um, ranking and even competition between the teammates of like, who's actually gonna, gonna be able to compete in one of those top six spots. But I think the main shift is suddenly you have a group of people that are all on the same journey together and you have so much more support. Um, you're, you know, you're training with the same girls each and every day, you're traveling with them, you're competing with them. They really become your family and so you have a much stronger support system in that team atmosphere. Um, you, you know, you get to train with the same people every day. So they're, they're there to help you through the ups and the downs. And I found it so much more rewarding to achieve big goals as a team than just as an individual, because you see kind of all the effort that went in from like the coaching, from the athletic trainers, um, to all the girls on the team and how all of that comes together towards a common goal and you can succeed together was just like a whole nother level of like competition and achievement. That was really cool. Is this something you've been able to stay connected with here since starting business school? Um, I get that question a lot. Gymnastics is kind of a hard sport to continue on after you're done. Uh, it takes a lot of training, a lot of hours and, um, it's also hard on the body. So after since college, I haven't been as involved. I definitely still follow the sport. Um, it's now meat season, so I'm like a, a data nerd. So I watch all the meat scores every weekend and um, try to stay very involved that way. Um, I like to go to trampoline parks when I have the chance, but I mostly like to say that now I have really cool party tricks. <laughs> Well, thank you for indulging the gymnastics questions. It's not every day that we have somebody come on the podcast who competed at the collegiate level. So yeah. um, how did you decide that you wanted to pursue an MBA? Was it something that was always part of the plan mm -hmm. or something that occurred to you as you got out into the working world? Yeah, I think it's something that I'd always wanted to do. I got a little taste of 
the business world in college as one of my majors, but because I didn't declare that major until my junior year, I missed a lot of the kind of base foundation of business and really dove into more the analytics side. So it was something that I always wanted to go back and dive more into. I found it very interesting. Um, and so I actually applied to Darden's future year scholars program right out of undergrad and got in. <laughs> so it is something that I had, I had always wanted to do. And then once I was in the working world, um, the more I rotated around the company that I was at, um, I, the people that were most impactful and I think had not only the biggest impact on the business, but the biggest impact on me and my learning were people who had gone and gotten their MBAs. Um, and as I looked around the company at those people, they were also the ones really making the strategic decisions about the firm um, and really shaping not only the decisions, but the culture of the firm. And so that experience really, I guess, solidified to me that the MBA was something that I wanted to pursue. So tell us a little bit more about how you decided as a college senior that you wanted to apply uh, to Darden through the Future Year mm -hmm. Scholars Program. Some of our listeners, this may be the first time they've actually heard about this deferred enrollment program. So what led you to say, yes, this is the right mm -hmm. path? Yeah, um, I think coming right out of undergrad, I wasn't entirely sure what I wanted to do. I had this job lined up at Lucid Software that I was really excited about, but I still was unsure if I wanted to go more the like economics route or kind of dive into the data analytics thing. So was unsure what my long-term trajectory looked like, but I knew that whether I liked the data analytics stuff or not, an MBA would still be a great way to either up-level my skills or pivot in a couple of years. Uh, depending on how my first job went. <laughs> and then at the time, um, there weren't that many deferred enrollment programs that allowed you to apply right out of undergrad. So that was sort of a um, a natural defining factor of why Darden was that they had this program in place, which I found was very cool and exciting and intriguing. And obviously Darden is a top business school. And I felt that um, as soon as I started researching the program and researching Darden, it felt like a really great fit for me um, from a cultural perspective and academic perspective. Charlottesville felt like a place that I would really like to be and enjoy living in. So Darden sort of checked all the boxes for me in terms of academics, culture, fit, everything. And the fact that they had this enrollment, pro like this uh, deferred enrollment program really worked for me where I was at that point in my life and gave me a lot more flexibility in those first couple of years of my career to know that no matter what happened, I still had this opportunity to go to Darden when I wanted to. So let's talk about that when you wanted to part, because mm -hmm. the future scholars have a choice of matriculating at Darden after, you know, a certain number of years or wait, you know, essentially it's two, three, four plus years um, mm -hmm. or so as as they go along. How did you decide um, that now was the right time? How did you get to that point? You said, mm -hmm. I think I want to start my program. Yeah. Um, so I really loved my last role and it was a hard decision to make. I knew that I was going to go at some point, but trying to decide when was definitely difficult. Um, at that 
point in time, I had done four different rotations in my strategy and analytics role. So I had gotten to see kind of the major departments and different sides of the business at that point. So I felt like I had gotten a ton of learning out of that position and that if I stayed, I wouldn't have the same, I guess, like diverse growth opportunities moving forward. And I felt like I would have to become more technical than I wanted to. So really, like, I would have had to pick the path of data analytics and continue to get more and more technical in that role if I had stayed. Um, whereas I felt that I had learned a lot in that role and it was it was enough experience to ensure that I would have a good experience in the MBA program that I would have enough to bring to the classroom in terms of being able to talk about work experience, what projects I had seen. Um, so it, it just felt like a good time for me uh, where I had learned a lot and it was it was time to move on. All right, so you come to Darden. You're a brand new first year student starting an MBA program. You've had you've had the benefit of sort of thinking about this for a while. You've picked this time mm -hmm. as, the, as the time for you to start. And so what was the biggest adjustment for you as, as a first year student? Mm -hmm. Oh, um, I think the biggest adjustment was just how much stuff is going on at all times. <laughs> it, it's really like drinking out of a fire hose, which is super exciting, but it's also a lot to adjust to and a lot to prioritize because I think especially coming out of the pandemic where, you know, I'd been working remotely for a couple of years, didn't have a ton of social <laughs> interaction um, where I was moving from. And so coming to Darden, getting, you know, thrown into the case method is something to adjust to because that's a lot of work. And then also being thrown into just so many social activities was just, um, it was a very exciting time, but also definitely an adjustment. <laughs> yeah, that, they had all those TV commercials for a while where, you know, they would show people and maybe they're like going out to do something. We're still kind of mm -hmm. like getting used to doing this again. And I feel mm -hmm. like there was a little bit of how it worked in the NBA community. Um, oh, say totally. Darden, Darden specifically, because... Yes. Think, you know, we were adapting during the pandemic and sort of navigating that the best we could. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of health and safety uh, protocol put in place that determined, you know, how, you know, six feet apart or how many people you mm -hmm. can have in a space together and mask and all this kind of stuff. And then you moved into a world where like all that wasn't required. And it'd mm -hmm. been a while since we'd done anything like that. And it just kind of that yeah. startup friction, getting back in that mode, I would say individually, I think that was that was certainly a journey mm -hmm. for me. I'm sure it was for um, some of your classmates as they were getting mm -hmm. used to to being back, you know, maybe you worked remotely for two years and all of a sudden yeah. you're, you're here in a school environment. So um, how, do you, how did you eventually figure out, you know, there's a lot going on all the time. How mm -hmm. do you determine, you know, where to put your energy, where do you, where to focus your attention? Mm -hmm. I think that's actually something I spent some time thinking about this summer before matriculating. Um I had gotten advice from, you know, panels I had gone to, second years I had talked to, um, that sort of gave advice along those lines of th there's going to be a lot thrown at you when you first get to Darden. And so already kind of having an idea of what clubs are on campus, what recruiting things you want to be involved in, what social activities you want to be involved in, 
and kind of pre-prioritizing, you know, where, where you want to prioritize those main things of like academics, social, and everything else like sleep and working out and <laughs> those more personal things. And so I definitely reflected on that over the summer before, had an idea of what clubs and things I wanted to join. And I think that helped, but I think there was even more opportunities when you get to campus than you even can research and identify ahead of time. And so having to continually reprioritize things as you're going through those first couple of weeks is really important. Um, I, I definitely indexed on the, the academics, but also made a big push, especially early on to go to a lot of social events, just because that's when you get to meet everyone for the first time, people are forming those initial connections. So I'd say the first couple of weeks, I really leaned into the social aspect a lot, trying to meet as many people as possible, get a feel of, you know, what groups and clubs I wanted to be a part of. Um, and then as the quarters have gone on, I've probably switched some of those time buckets a little away from social, a little more towards like academics and recruiting, but still, you know, I still go and do probably at least one or two social things a weekend. So there's still a good balance there. <laughs> But I think that balance does change a little bit depending on where you are in the year at Darden. I appreciate your sharing that. It's one of the things that I think is hardest for MBA students, right? There's so much to do and you've only have you only have so much time and everything seems important. You know, that's oh, the other yeah. thing. Right? <laughs> well, it all is. <laughs> so you're trying to figure out what's most important. And mm-hmm. um, that can vary from person to person. I also think one of the tricky things for people as they go through business school is start looking at other people and you're like, well, they're put, they're going there and this other mm-hmm. person's doing this other thing and no one, yep. everybody's kind of figuring it out. So there's a tendency mm-hmm. to kind of maybe index to other folks and that can cause some challenges for people too. Um, so trying to figure out that sort of internal reflection, uh, mm-hmm. appreciate the point about doing that before you get here and, and trying to have some clear guidelines about what's most important to you because it's very easy mm-hmm. to kind of get swept up with the crowd and pulled a lot of directions. Oh, yes, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Well, one of the one of the fun things about being uh, being the host of the podcast is you get to catch up with student leaders and um, you are section rep for your section, uh, section yes. C. Now, mm-hmm. as a busy first year student, how did you decide that you wanted to be a section rep, that you wanted to take this on? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I actually didn't really know that section leadership was a thing before I got on grounds. (laughs) And so that was sort of news to me in the first couple weeks. I think elections were held maybe like the second or third week, like pretty early on in, in the quarter of Q1. And I think definitely initially I had to think through like, is this something I want to spend a lot of time doing? Because it is a time commitment. Um, And I think I was just really drawn to the opportunity to be so involved in the community. I think throughout my college experience, um, my freshman year was sort sort of a rough year. And so after that, I really decided that I needed to be more involved in my community. So I took on leadership roles, was the president of the Student Athlete Association on campus. And I found that 
the more I invested myself in others in the community around me, the happier I was and the more successful I was in kind of all facets of, of my life. And then similarly, when I started working and then the pandemic hit, um, that, that was a hard time for a lot of people. And so being isolated and alone at home, I started planning events for my team at work and then eventually uh, formed a culture committee where I ran all of our kind of culture related initiatives, planned team activities, did kind of weekly touch points for our team. And so through those experiences, I really found that um, even when you don't think you have the time or you have so many priorities going on and are starting to get, you know, stressed and pulled in so many different directions that every time I've felt that way, when I lean into the community and sort of take on some of these roles, I tend to succeed more and I really enjoy giving back to those around me. That's what makes me most happy. And so I knew that Darden was going to be a lot, but I also knew myself and that I would probably do better in the long run if I could give back to those around me. And so this, this opportunity presented itself and I was like, I just, I just got to give it a shot because I really want to be those there for those in my section and create a great Darden experience for the 68 C-suite people. <laughs> so um, I really, I really enjoyed it. I'm so glad that I did it because I absolutely adore my section and getting to be involved in so many things, not only for the section, but being their representative, um, on other kind of boards across Darden has been an amazing experience. <laughs> well, tell us about section C. You already used one of their nicknames, uh, yes. C-Suite, um, <laughs> Yeah, I think, that, I think there's also sea monsters, which I've heard um, yes, through the years. Yes, yes. So tell us yes. about section C. Uh, we're the best section at Darden, hands down. I just I'm not at all biased, but I <laughs> I absolutely love um, I love the our section. We we do go by the C suite. We also go by sea monsters, sort of our mascot. Um, we've also really leaned into the whole like section chill vibe. I would say we're a very kind of low-key chill group of people, but like super collaborative, super supportive of each other. Um, we we got along really well and have incredible class discussions, but are also like the camaraderie I've seen from this section, I think is very special and unmatched. <laughs> um, and so I think it's a really special place. I. I adore our section. Uh, we're also doing incredibly well in the Darden Cup right now. I don't know if you've talked about the Darden Cup on the podcast yet, but we do, we do generally <laughs> ask for an update uh, regarding standings yes. and how things are going. Yes. Yeah, so Section C has never won the Darden Cup, but that is changing this year. We've started off strong and won. We've won four of the first five events, which is unprecedented. Uh, we started the year strong with a win in the um, lawn games where me and one of my section mates, Malcolm, won the wheelbarrow race. So that's one of my fun party tricks that I, I still have good core muscles from, from gymnastics. <laughs> um, so we won the wheelbarrow race and um, my section also won the tug of war, uh, which is also a fun story. <laughs> 
<laughs> um, and then second, we won the relay race, some clutch kind of golf chipping from Daniel in my section, as well as, you know, a great group effort. Um, we have a Marine that did 50 push-ups faster than I thought was humanly possible. Uh, we also had some milk chugging abilities. So just like the whole gamut of, <laughs> of relay race intensity. Um, and then we also won cricket this year. So it was really spearheaded by Anubhav and Kelpit in our section. It was so fun to um, see more of like in an international capacity, how sports has played out. I, I had never like seen or knew anything about cricket, but it ended up being such an exciting match to watch and got hands of crowd involvement. And I learned a ton. So that was a super exciting win. And then last week we won bowling. So just blew everyone out of the water. We're on a hot streak in section C. Oh. Well, one of the fun things that's been that <laughs> I, I like to highlight here on the podcast, uh, in addition to how things are going in the Darden Cup, it's mm-hmm. about the section norms. Uh, so each ah. section has its own norms mm-hmm. and uh, I think it's a it's a fun insight to how like students really kind of own that classroom space in a lot of ways. So um do you have a favorite norm or two from section C? Hmm. Favorite norm. There's stuff some good norms. One's one that's probably different about us is that, and I think really leans into our maybe section chill culture. <laughs> um, is every morning all the other sections do their cheer. Uh, we save it for Thursday afternoons. Um, and I've gotten a lot of f- feedback that our section really appreciates that norm because we like to come into the classroom in the morning with our cup of coffee and just sort of like chilly relax into the, <laughs> into the morning. Um, and that if we were rowdy in the morning, that would make people uncomfortable. So I think that is that is a norm that's different about our section that we really leaned into and people have vocally appreciated on numerous bases when we hear the other sections cheering through the walls every morning. It's like too early for that. <laughs> it is. I will say having come from a law school background, I wasn't really mm-hmm. aware of this as a thing. So to your point, like what do you know about sections? Uh, I, I subsequently learned that there's these section cheers and I can understand mm-hmm. the value and maybe warming up. Uh, to it and of course no Friday classes so like the cheer on Thursday afternoon mm-hmm. that's like basically you head into the weekend with a cheer exactly. if I'm understanding it's a, it's a good it's a good kickoff to the weekend especially if we do have like a Darden Cup event that evening or the day after I don't know it's, it's just a great cap to the week <laughs> well it's Tell us more about what your section has been up to. Um, what activities have you been coordinating or anything you'd want to highlight about things that your section has done in addition to Darden Cup and cheering on Thursday afternoons? Mm-hmm. See, Darden Cup has been a big thing. We definitely do like social gatherings, something I've really enjoyed that has been led by my gender equity rep for the section was we do uh, women's brunches every Friday morning. Since we don't have school on Friday, uh, we do uh, brunches for for the women group. And that has just been a great kind of 
arena to build camaraderie, get feedback, check in with people, and really um, build a tighter committee with tighter community within the females of our section. Um, that has been, I think, really powerful and really important thing that we do, especially because we do have a slightly lower percentage of women in the class. And so being able to come together and really support each other has been incredible. And I've really, really enjoyed that um, kind of tradition that we've built for the section. So you're here in quarter three, which is the last of the core curricular uh, quarters. You head into quarter four and, and electives. What does it uh, look like? Your section rep for one more quarter and, and then what? Uh, what is what is what becomes of your role after after the core? So section rep is actually a full two year role. So I will stay in the section rep capacity, but to your point, it definitely will change a little bit after core is over. I won't be in the same classroom with all of my section mates anymore, which is a little bittersweet, you know, excited to take electives, but definitely sad to not have all of my classes with the incredible people of the C-suite. So, um, yeah, my day-to-day -day role will change, but I'll still be involved in um, like planning events for the section. I think that becomes even more important second year because we don't have kind of a natural um, community point every day. So making sure that we're still planning events and bringing, bringing together the section to continue that community is really important. Um, and then I'll also continue to sit on certain boards uh, on board next year's section rep for section C, as well as do kind of biweekly check-in meetings with both the first and second year section reps, as well as um, a DSA representative and some people from OSA to kind of continue the feedback loop on how everyone's feeling um, and being able to check in with all my, my section mates. What's it been like to be able to advocate for your section mates or channel their experience and share it with other people? I think it is, it's definitely taught me a lot about kind of the different, the different backgrounds people have, the different ways that things are perceived and, and how we can do better as a community to be more, I guess, inclusive and making sure that we're listening to all of the different voices in the room, not just the loudest voices in the room. So being able to be there for the individuals in the section has been really powerful. And also being able to relay feedback on how people are feeling in the section back to professors and having that relationship with professors of, well, I meet all of our new professors before each quarter starts to sort of tell them about our section norms, give them a pulse on the section, um, and see if there's anything from their perspective that would be helpful for me to do or how they want to engage in their relationship with me throughout the quarter to make sure sections on on a good trajectory and doing well. Um, and so that kind of relationship with the professors has been, I think, really critical too, in order to support my classmates in the way that is best for their learning and making sure we have a good environment in the classroom that marries the professor's strengths with kind of our norms, the things that work well for us as a section. Um, yeah. So you mentioned the second year section rep and the, the sort of 
first year, second year connection. How has how has the second year um, section C rep, mm-hmm. rep been helpful to you? Yeah, um, Wade has been awesome. He he's our current second year section C rep, and even before I ran for section rep, I you know called and talked to him and was like. What all's involved in this job? What is the time commitment? Do you think I'd be a good fit? Uh, so tried to, he was really great about talking me through that decision on whether or not to run. Um, and then also kind of getting, once I did run and became section rep, getting me up to speed on what all the expectations are, uh, what things I needed to be doing on a weekly basis. And he's also a really great touch point if I do have questions or if things arise and I don't know maybe the best way to handle them. He's a great sounding board for advice and is always always there to help. Um, it's also really helpful to have a conduit between classes, especially during core. You're very you're in this community of 68 people for the bulk of your experience. And so, um, it's really helpful to have him to sort of tie first and second years together so we can kind of build a larger section C community. Um, and in that first, second year kind of relationship is also really helpful as you go through the recruiting process. Um, and the second years have been through it all. They know what to expect. They they have advice on how to handle the course load, how to handle cases, how to structure your learning team. And so um, all of those things have been really helpful from the second years, and especially my relationship with Wade has been extremely helpful. I think it's one of the most interesting things about Darden, and maybe a little bit underreported, this sort of second year, first year knowledge transfer, mm-hmm. assistance, all of this kind of stuff that happens. I mean, you see it through clubs, you see it through second year uh, coaches, you see mm-hmm. just all the interaction between uh, second years and first years um, that really kind of help the first years get adjusted to school and navigate their first year and all, all of these kinds of things. Um, it's one of my favorite things about the school. Oh, totally. I think that knowledge transfer is critical. <laughs> and that is the beauty of um, Darden in UVA as a whole being very student-led um, is, is a lot of that kind of nurturing instead of coming from staff and faculty comes from the community itself from the second years to the first years. Obviously, you get a ton of support from, from the school as well, but I think it's a really special dynamic that you have there. Well, Shannon, what are you looking forward to in the months ahead? Oh, I mean, definitely the rest of Darden Cup. Very, very stoked about that. The section is really excited. Um, Beyond that, I mean, as I mentioned, very sad to not be in the same classroom with my section moving forward, but am excited for the opportunity to start choosing electives and classes that I'm more interested in and um, getting to see kind of different subject matters and and see where that journey takes me. So very, very excited for that. All right. Last question. Piece of advice, uh, something you would encourage our prospective student listeners uh, to keep in mind. Hmm. I would definitely say to interact with the community early and often. Uh, I wish I had reached out to more people at Darden while I was a prospective student. I didn't really talk to anyone at Darden until 
I got to campus in terms of like the student population. So I would definitely suggest reaching out to current students to get a better feel on the culture, the day-to-day, what to expect, all of the very special things about Darden that I don't think you fully grasp until you live it. There's so many cool things here, so many opportunities. And the more you understand that as you go through your application process and trying to decide where you want to go, um, I think the better. Because once you're here, I don't think there's any experience that that quite matches it. So I would just encourage encourage people to interact with the community as much as possible. Well, Shannon, thank you so much for your time today and, and good luck to Section C and, and Darden Cup. What's the next event uh, coming up? We have trivia this Thursday. Yes. Okay. And followed by? We have trivia this Thursday, followed by the talent show in February. And then we also have what? Kickball, racket sports, and basketball left. So I think those are all the events that are left. Okay. Well, good luck. That's a, Thank you. <laughs> quite a range. Of it events. is. It is, yes. Darden Cup really brings out the the random niche talents that you didn't know your section rights had. I'm I'm always amazed at how talented everyone is at Darden. It's it's incredible. And that was my conversation with Shannon McNett, section rep for Section C. An important note, since we recorded that conversation, the Darden Cup has concluded and Section C are the Darden Cup champions. Congratulations to everybody in Section C. And as always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. We'd be reached at Darden, that's D-A-R-D-E-N, at virginia.edu. Till next time, stay safe, be well, and thanks for listening. <laughs>